You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Monday, February the 28th of 2022, the last day of February. If you have a birthday on the 29th, maybe you celebrate it today, so happy early slash on-time birthday. Uh, but nevertheless, happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. My name is Lucas Smith, host of the show. Thanks for tuning in each and every day. Whether it is your first listen or last listen, thank you for tuning in. Today is going to be the start of a fun week, couple weeks really, of content for the Locked On Cardinals podcast as the Locked On MLB Network as a whole. Each and every show is going through where their team ranks within their respective division within certain respective categories. We're going to go through starting rotation. We're going to go through the bullpen, the lineup, the defense, the manager, as well as the entire team overall. It's going to be a fun fun weeks or a couple weeks worth of content and it'll all culminate in a couple of um, crossovers and round tables in a couple weeks so stay tuned for that it's going to be a good time and it's Monday morning I'm recording this Monday morning I was traveling Sunday night so I'm recording it Monday morning meetings right now between the union and seat and the MLB uh, owners are going on right now so just a quick note on that I'll go into a little bit more depth a little bit later on to end of the show we're going to spend most of the time talking today about the rotation building uh, about the rotation rankings rather and it's going to be interesting to see if there's a deal broke today or what, what delays are happening today. So just a, a disclaimer, maybe we'll, like I said last week, maybe we'll have a live reaction. I don't know, but uh, so the meetings are going on now, so hopefully good things are happening there. Last I heard, uh, there was the first meeting was in progress, so that's good. Uh, but nevertheless, let's go and get into the starting rotation because... I want to get into some baseball talk. The adage last year, sorry, I keep picking my eye for those of you on YouTube, got hair in it. The adage last year for the Cardinals, nine times out of 10, was when this team pitched well, they won. They didn't have the big names. They didn't have a Corbin Burns. They didn't didn't have uh, an ace, a Luis Castillo-type arm. You know, Jack Flirty was earlier in the year, and Adam Wainwright definitely pitched like an ace uh, throughout the season. Not not necessarily um, ace level of, of name per se right, in terms of the general baseball average fan knowledge. But this team had some players and some pitchers that stepped up big time. Adam Wainwright already talked about it, had a career revitalization type year. You talk about Jack Flaherty had a very strong first half. Way the Block had a couple of really nice starts mixed in there. You also had John Lester and J.A. Happ really pitch well for the most part to end the season for the St. Louis Cardinals. Jake Woodford turned in a handful of decent starts as well as Miles Michaelis down the stretch. A couple in May as well. Carlos Martinez did not pitch well. He's one of them that did not as well as Johan Oviedo and K.K. Kim. But again, even with Oviedo and Kim, you saw flashes of it. Just brief, momentary flashes. And again, we don't really know what the role is going to be for Oviedo this year. Going into 2022, he's definitely somebody that is going to provide some depth for the St. Louis Cardinals. But at the end of the day, the starting rotation was pretty strong for the most part. Uh, when you look at 1 through 5 and really 1 through 8, 9, 10 with the amount of starting pitching the Cardinals had this 
most recent season. And it's going to look very, very similar because here, here's everybody who made at least one start for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2021. Adam Wainwright, KK Kim, Carlos Martinez, Flaherty, Gant Oviedo, John Lester, J.A. Happ, Miles Michaelis, Jake Woodford, Wade LeBlanc, Daniel Ponce de Leon, even Dakota Hudson made one, yes, one, one start. Um, made one start, excuse me, in his two overall games. And he is one of 14 arms. Cardinals had 14 starters uh, make make a start this most recent season. So definitely, like I said, it wasn't a dominating one through five. And I think that the Cardinals struggled to find their depth a little bit. But the only team, when I look at the rest of this rotation, or the rest of these divisions rotations, the only team that really scares me in terms of who they've got on the mound, you know, other than maybe that the ace or top one or two, would be a... Um, Milwaukee Brewers team, excuse me, with Corbin Burns and um, Freddie Peralta, things of that nature. Uh, Blank, another one. Brandon Woodruff was, was their ace. They had three guys with ERAs under three. They had another guy, Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer, who both had ERAs right at three, 3.22, 3.19 respectively. Brett Anderson had an ERA just above four. But they had some really solid harvests in that rotation. Not a lot of innings. The highest was Brandon Woodruff at 179. Nobody made more than 30 starts. You know, near the end of the year with the division wrapped up, they were able to kind of maneuver some things around. But still, this Milwaukee rotation is darn good. They had 10 arms make a start for them in 2000. And 21. And obviously, you know, you look at those top three. You Any series you play with the Brewers, chances are you have a very good chance, unless it's a two game series that's going to be almost guaranteed, you're going to face either Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, or Freddie Peralta. And that is a daunting top three. When you compare that to the Cardinals' top three of Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, and Steven Matz, maybe it doesn't always match up. And again, you go beyond that top three. Even Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer had some really solid numbers overall. You know, Brett Anderson, not so much, but you still had one through four in that Brewers rotation pitch extremely well. As we go around the, the rest of the division here, the, the Pirates, they, they, you know, they're their Pirates. You know, they, they they just didn't really have a lot of arms. JT Brubaker was 5-13 and in 24 starts. Uh, Mitch Keller had a 6-1-7 ERA in 23 starts. He's a highly titled prospect. He was 5-11. and Chad Cool had an ERA just south of five at 4.82 uh, in 28 games, 14 of those being starts. Chase DeYoung made nine starts for them with a 5.77 ERA. Will Crow at a 5.48 ERA, 26 games, 25 of those starts. Tyler Anderson, 4.35 ERA, 18 starts. Just not a strong rotation for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Chicago Cubs had... Some some flashes, but overall not strong as well. Kyle Hendricks took a major step back despite having 14 wins. He had an ERA of 4.77 in an ERA plus at 89, which is well below average. Zach Davies in 32 starts. His first year as a Cub did not impress. He was 6-12. and 12. Albert Alzali, 29 games, 21 starts. He was hurt a little bit. He's got some upside a little bit, but he still had a really down year. So you could look for him to bounce back for the Chicago Cubs. Jake Arrieta had a 6-8-8 ERA and 20 starts. He just had an abysmal year, even when he was traded to the Padres. Trevor Williams, 5-0-6 ERA, 13 games, 12 of those starts. Justin Steele flashed some um, good stuff in nine starts, 20 games overall. It's still an ERA of 4.86. His ERA plus was at least at league average at 100. Keegan Thompson, 32 games, six starts. He had an ERA plus above average in a 3.38 ERA. Adrian Sampson is also somebody who put up good numbers for the Cubs. And then you move on to the Reds. You look at Luis Castillo. You don't even know if he's going to be a Red. He had a great second half to get his ERA down to 3.98 and an ERA plus of 120. When you look at BaseballReference.com, 
all the five starting pitchers for the Reds, Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Wade Miley, Sonny Gray, and Vladimir Gutierrez, all of them had above-average ERA pluses. In fact, when you look at Wade Miley, he had a 141. However, not on the team anymore. So you're losing an arm there. Arguably, the best starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds this year is gone. And Wade Miley, so the Reds really... um, don't have a lot going for them. Wayne Wiley with a division rival now with the Chicago Cubs. So when you look at all of this, and I'll get more in-depth, this is just kind of a generalization starting point type of thing. When you look at everybody, I really do think outside of the Brewers, the Cardinals have the best rotation. And I'll talk about the additions that some of these um, teams made as well because they do have a couple of starting rotation um, additions for, for multiple teams in, in this division as all teams are trying to get better. But I'll get my ranking in, in, in segment number two. But I, I really I really like this Cardinal rotation. And I, I, I like it because of the success they had last year and because of who they brought in in 2022 being Steven Matz. I think that he's a really solid addition. I think that he is somebody that can really flourish in St. Louis, but I'm kind of harping on my, my segment number two point. But when you're just looking at who these teams are bringing back. So even if you're just looking from the St. Louis Cardinals perspective, you're just looking at Wainwright, Flaherty, um, Michaelis a little bit. But even if you're just looking at Wainwright and Flaherty, those are two really solid addition, two really solid arms. Pirates aren't really bringing back a whole lot. Maybe Mitch Keller takes a step forward in his prospect um, as he starts to kind of gain a little traction. Maybe Kyle Hendricks comes back for the Cubs. Um Maybe Luis Castillo continues to be an ace in Cincinnati, as well as Tyler Malley and Sonny Gray. Vladimir Gutierrez flashed some good numbers as well. Jeff Carr, Lachlan Reds loves him. But I still think that this rotation, 1-5, to five, is just... its Again, it's not going to get the headlines. It's not going to get the Corbin Burns headlines. But it's a solid, above-average rotation. And now the Cardinals bring in Steven Matz. And then other teams have also made moves and could see more moves coming. So we'll talk about that a little bit in segment number two, because I do think that... The NL Central could be a pretty active team if and when this lockout ends. Hopefully it ends today. Hopefully even it ends by the end of this episode recording. Uh, but nevertheless, it could end uh, at some point. Who knows? But um, we'll talk about moves the Cardinals made as well as more ranks in the rotation coming up in just a moment. But this episode is brought to you in part by BetOnline.net. Even though football's over, basketball is in full steam for pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performances, props, and to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball as well. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right down to Olympic coverage and information as well when it was happening. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Cardinals were not the only team that added a starter to their rotation. You know, as, as I mentioned, Wade Miley is now a Chicago Cub uh, in the rotation, and also Marcus Stroman, three years, seventy-one million dollar contract signed by Marcus Stroman. He was a Met uh, prior to that, as well as Stephen Matz was a Met at one point. He was a Blue Jay more recently, but the Cubs and Cardinals bringing in a former Met to help their rotation. And I think both are going to just absolutely flourish in those roles because. For, for different reasons. I think Marcus Stroman is going, he, he fits the Chicago vibe. He's he's loud. He's exuberant. Um, he is somebody that 
that just shines on a baseball field. He's got talent out the wazoo as well. Smart pitcher, knows how to pitch, knows how to use his movements and everything of that nature. Uh, but just somebody that is going to Florida in Chicago. And Steven Matz is somebody that is going to Florida in St. Louis because of the team he has behind him. Steven Matz has a the league's best defense, for my money, uh, behind him, especially on the infield. And he is a ground ball pitcher, a ground ball. Pitcher, even more than a Dakota Hudson or a Miles Michaelis at times in his career. So I think if he's able to use that to his advantage, he will have a very successful 2022. Now, the, the Brewers, and again, there could be more moves made by all these teams going forward, but the Brewers didn't make any starting pitching adjustments. The only trade they made, they traded Jackie Bradley Jr. for Hunter Renfro. So they improved their outfit. And I'll talk about that when I talk about these teams' offensive outputs. But the rotation, outside of keeping Freddie Peralta healthy, didn't need a whole lot of adjustment. It is the the offense that the Brewers need, they're needed and need to improve. So the Brewers didn't make a whole lot of adjustments, but again, their starting rotation was just so remarkable. One through three, arguably one through four, and really arguably one through five. Uh, Brett Anderson was kind of the sixth starter. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Brandon Woodruff starts his age 29 season. Corbin Burns is still 27. Freddie Peralta, 26 season. Uh, Adrian Hauser will be 29, and Eric Lauer, 27. So still... Pretty young, pretty prime of their careers for in terms of what they're going to get you and what you can expect from them. But when you look at where these teams ranked in the 2021 um, in terms of starting starting pitching stats. So this, these are all based on starting pitching. So not their bullpens, but only starters ranks within the National League. ERA, the Brewers had the you know second lowest in the league's lowest in the division, 3.13. Cardinals were second lowest in the division at 4.01. That's sixth in the National League. Reds were close behind at 4.03. And then you look at the Cubs and Pirates at 14th and 15th in the league, 5.27 for the Cubs, 5.53 for the Pirates. And it's not just ERA that I look at. I like to look at innings pitched. The Reds actually led the league. So credit to the Reds. The Reds and Brewers were one and two in innings pitched by starters. They're not really even close. So Reds were 864 innings pitched, and the Brewers were 847. But again, the Reds are losing Wade Miley. You don't know if Luis Castillo is still going to be on the team. The Reds have made it known that they're not going to spend a lot of money, so you don't know if that number will decrease. The Cardinals were at 832. That was sixth in the National League, third in the division. And then again, uh, the very near the very bottom, the Cubs are at 12th and 781 and two-thirds of an inning. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are 14th in the National League and fifth in the Central with 753 and two-thirds of an innings pitched. When you look at whip, again, you look at the Brewers as number two in the National League, number one in the National League Central, 1.09. And then second place in the division, middle of the pack for the National League, Cardinals were 1.29. Reds were 1.34. Cubs and Pirates, again, at 14 and 15, 1.46, and Pirates at 1.48. But I expect the Cubs to improve, and I expect the Reds to to get worse. One more stat I'll throw out in terms of starting pitching rankings. The opponent batting average, the Brewers held their opponents to a 213 batting average as a starting rotation. Uh, second place in the division, sixth in the National League, tied sixth in the National League with the Cardinals at 241. Reds were 10th in the National League at 250. Pittsburgh Pirates, Chicago Cubs once again coming in at 14 and 15. 276 for the Pirates, 278 for the Cubs. That um, definitely is a number the Cubs will look to improve upon. And Again, I think that the Brewers stay pretty stand pat with who they have coming back because of the dominance of their starting rotation. And I think that the 
Cubs get a lot better because of who they have in their starting rotation. And I think that the Cardinals get a little bit better as well because the Cardinals have a lot of depth in their rotation in addition to the, the five they have, the, the bats coming over, coming along. So again, it, it's, it's a really tough ranking. I think the Pirates will still be the worst team in the division in a lot of these categories, and that includes the starting rotation. I don't see the Pirates making any huge moves this offseason. I don't see them really improving at all, especially in the rotation. Uh, they, they even traded away Jacob Stallings uh, so that they, they don't even try and get better from the catching standpoint. So I see, if I'm you know ranking these out 5-1, to one, 5 being the worst, 1 being the best, by their starting rotation, I have to put the Pirates at 5th. They, they just didn't impress me very much, if at all, last season. Um, yes, you're going to get Key Brian Hayes back a little bit this year, so that could be good. Maybe O'Neill Cruz comes back. Or not comes back, but gets to the major majors at this point. But at the same time, you still have just a really underperforming team and a disappointing team to watch. Fourth place, I'm real, I'm going to go Reds. You know, I think that Gutierrez flashed some, some good numbers as well, but I just don't really see Luis Castillo being in a Reds uniform in 2022. I do think he's going to get traded. I, I don't see him. Um, starting many games, if any, for the Cincinnati Reds in 2022. Um, so I, I think that their numbers will, will decrease. And like I said, you're losing Wade Miley. Yes, you could argue that Sonny Gray could be improved upon and, and he could have good numbers. Gutierrez flash some dominance. But again, I just really think that the Reds will take a step back this year. And they were a team that I was really, really high on in 2021. I, I, uh, you know, Especially preseason, I thought they were going to do really good things. But at the end of the day, just for whatever reason, even with Joey Votto's uh, career revitalization, you know, they just weren't able to get a whole lot done. Um, and in third place, I'm going to go with the Cubs starting rotation. I think that Hendricks takes a step back. I like bringing in Wade Miley. I like bringing in Marcus Stroman for them. I think that those two pieces will improve those will improve that team drastically. And I think that you know, those are two moves that will help the rotation bare minimum. You know, they have some offensive question marks. They have some offensive holes. But that starting rotation is overall pretty darn solid. And I think that those two arms are going to be a big reason why. You probably see Marcus Stroman start on opening day. Um, so I do think that th that rotation will be the third best. And then one and two, I might be in the minority here. I It's really hard uh, to separate one and two. And I know that... A lot of people are going to just flock to the Milwaukee Brewers and say they have the best starting rotation in baseball. And I understand that. I really do. But again, when, when you look at the Cardinals rotation, you're, you're not going to get big names outside of Jack Flaherty. But here's what I expect from all five starters, okay? I expect Jack Flaherty to be an ace. I expect Adam Wainwright to be above average. Maybe not like he was last year, but I expect him to be above average. I expect Steven Matz to be above average because of the defense he has behind him. Maybe even a you know a number two type arm because of that defense behind him. I think he puts up good numbers this year. Miles Michaelis and Dakota Hudson, you know, if they pitch to their career norms, that's a pretty good four and five in the lineup. Or excuse me, in the rotation. Those two arms are really, really solid. And I think they have plenty, plenty of upside in that rotation. So I really like having those two at your, your four and five in the rotation. So it, it, it's close. I'm trying not to be biased, so I will put the Milwaukee Brewers at one and the Cardinals at two. 
it, the, the the Brewers are just so dominant. They really, really are. So I put them at one. So again, it's Pirates at five, Reds at four, um, Cubs at three, Cardinals at two, Brewers at one in terms of the starting rotation. I think they're all, you know, especially the top three are going to be exciting to watch at times this season. Uh, but again, that, those the Pirates and Reds for me, I, I just see the Reds taking a step back and I see the Pirates not taking any steps forward. So that'll do it for segment number two. Segment number three, we're going to do a little bit of a lockout update. Yes, we will ha- indeed have to do that. Uh, talk about my thoughts on waiting to the last minute and what this deadline actually means coming up here in just a moment. I do want to tell you guys about a way to stay healthy but still enjoy a delicious treat, and that is Built Bar. If you're still trying to hold on to your New Year's resolutions, I know it's nearly the end of February, but you can still eat healthy and get a delicious tasting treat with a Built Bar, including Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried it, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars product ever. Puffs are protein-infused marshmallows. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat covered 100% in chocolate. Even the Built Bars are covered 100% in delicious chocolate. Go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away with these high-calorie, low, excuse me, high-protein, low-calorie, high-fiber, low-carb protein bars. You compare the 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein of a Built Bar to a candy bar that usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bar is the way to go. So what are you waiting for? Go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. This episode is also brought to you in part by rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're ever going to need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter looks at their database to see what they have? You have access to rockauto.com at home or on the go on your mobile device, so don't choose to spend up to 100% more for the same parts at a chain store when you can get it for half that price at rockauto.com. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. They're at rockauto.com. I'll get to the lockout update in just a moment, uh, but I want it to be a little bit more exciting. But before we get to, to kind of the, the doom and gloom of the um, of the lockout, and, and that is a guest that I'm talking to on tomorrow's show. Um, it's going to be a fun one. It's a Cardinal minor leaguer. He's already in Florida training. He's ready to go. Somebody that had a meteoric rise through the Cardinal system last year. That is Alec Burleson. That is right. He's playing for Memphis this season. Played at all three levels last year. Was just absolutely dominant at all three levels. So talking to him tomorrow, recording it later today. So be sure to submit your questions. You can comment right here on the YouTube channel. You can tweet me at LJ Fastball, or you can tweet the show LO underscore Cardinals or Instagram. You can email the show. 
whatever you need to do. If you want me, if you want a question asked to Alec Burleson, I will try to get it answered. If you let me know what that question is, already got a couple on the Twitter going, uh, so be sure to hit that up as well as, like I said, if, if I see it on YouTube before the interview happens, I'll be sure to get that. So that'll be a fun episode for tomorrow. Uh, but th- there is, you know, a lockout update I've got to do to kind of finish the show up. They're, they're meeting today. This quote-unquote deadline that the owners set to just to see if we can get games in. I just looked at an update, by the way. The first negotiation ended after just 45 minutes, so we'll see where that goes from there. Um, but at the same time, it's just simply frustrating. There's no other way to put it. The, the, the players are really trying their hardest, making con- uh, concessions, different points. Owners really aren't. And it, at this point... Unless some miracle happens, and it's going to take quite literally a miracle, we're not playing baseball on March 31st. Nobody is. The opening day is going to be. We might be playing baseball, but we're not seeing an opening day happen on March 31st if there's no deal today. Because I do think the league will stick to that deadline. And it's unfortunate that they're sticking to that deadline. It's unfortunate a deadline had to be set. It's unfortunate that a lockout had to occur. But nevertheless, it's Monday, February 28th, and here we are. That's all I want to talk about the lockout. Talked about it enough. My, my thoughts are, are are out there. Let's get it figured out. Hopefully I'm wrong. So that's going to do it for me today. Be sure to make your second listen of the day locked on MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, but be sure to call him Sully. And be sure to tune back tomorrow to Locked on Cardinals when I have Alec Burleson on the show. Be sure to let me know of any questions you'd like me to ask him. It's going to be a fun interview to start the month of March here on Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for tuning in today, ladies and gentlemen. Until Alec and I talk to you tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.